This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hey, and welcome to the Wrap-Up Live. This is the official Raptors Republic Live post-game show and podcast where we recap, we dissect, and we have some fun talking about the latest Raptors game you just watched. I'm your co-host, Sahal Abdi. I am here with my co-host, Warren Weisfeld. So we are doing a duo pod today. Uh, This live show is produced by none other than our guy, Kian Haddad. And tonight, Wednesday night, your Toronto Raptors defeated the San Antonio Spurs in a – it was a big one. It was a blowout, 143-100. to 100. That brings the Raptors' record to 5-3 and three in the NBA season. And last but not least, if you love the Toronto Raptors, do us hardworking individuals at Raptors Republic a favor and subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube and the Rapcast podcast channel wherever you're watching or listening. First of all, Oren, uh, I mean, <clears throat> in a game like this, 43-point blowout, I don't know if this is going to happen a lot for the Raptors this season. Um, where do you want to start? Do you want to start where the blowout kind of began, where the game just – I mean, where the Raptors just started lapping the Spurs in the second quarter? Where do you want to start? Uh, let's start the first play of the game. Uh, okay. Let me just let – me, let me pull up the video of it as I talk because – I think the first play of the game set kind of the the tone of how the Raptors were going to play this game, which was a whole lot of steals and a whole lot of fast break points. And it's OG Ananobi kind of flying out of nowhere to get this kind of deflection steal. Like when I was watching the game, I did not think he was going to get to this ball and he gets to it. And OG five steals tonight, six steals yesterday. I said on the Raptors show today that like, People talking today about uh, I, I've seen people talking on Twitter about OG should get votes or should should make one of the all defensive teams this year. Right. And, and like, I really think we're aiming too low. I think OG has been like one of the best defenders in the league this season. And I mean, like one of the three best defenders in the league. Like, I'll give you Giannis ahead of him. But mm-hmm. I've been watching a lot of ball this season, and I can't name a lot of guys who are on winning teams and who are playing more impactful defense than OG this season. So I really think this this guy should be aiming for the Defensive Player of the Year award. Like, I want to start off talking about him and like what you thought of his defense these last couple of games because I've been very impressed. Yeah, uh, I've I have some bad news for you, and I think I've run out of adjectives for OG. Um, I'm also running out of meme material because the I, the I, I, I likened him to, to a dragon in Game of Thrones the other the other day. Watch on House Monday of the night. Dragon. I do, I do, and I finished. Oh, we it. should just talk about this. Let's do a House of the Dragon. We, show, we right? should <laughs> we should just do a recap, a me. season one recap. I yeah, um, yeah. I want <laughs> okay. It's just there's no more words. Like, what do I say about OG? He's so impactful defensively. Um, and the defensive assignments he's being given by Nick Nurse um, 
is is I mean it's tough. He's being thrown on. I mean, if you go back to Monday night, he's being thrown on Trey Young one possession, Dejounte Murray another, and the Raptors. We all know they love switching. So he, there were plays uh, Monday night and honestly tonight as well where he was guarding three or four guys in one possession. Um, the switching is crazy. Um, I mean, what are you supposed to do? I made a, I made a joke. Uh, I think it was last night where, um, I mean, if you're playing the Raptors and you have, let's say, you know, hypothetically you're being guarded by Chris Boucher, right? The length is going to bother you if you're a wing, right? Um, and then a switch comes and there's Pascal Siakam. So normally when you call for a switch, you, you think you're getting a break of some sort, right? Especially when your, your defender's yeah. hounding you and then Pascal Siakam and then you get another switch. And it's Gary Trent Jr. And then you get another switch. And it's OG Ananobi. And then you get another switch. And it's Fred Van It's like, what are you supposed to do um, when the Raptors are fully healthy? And in this game, they were not even fully healthy. Or they were missing uh, their starting point guard. They went with the same starting lineup as the last game. They had Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Christian Coloco. And that was obviously due to the injury from Fred Van Vliet. The Spurs, we got to give them, I mean, I guess a little bit of leeway. It was a 43-point loss. So I don't know if Keldon Johnson... Or uh, Devin, is it is it Devin Vassell? Vassell or is it yeah, Vassell? they're they're two best players to be fair. It's their two best players. So I mean, again, it's a forty three point. But I mean, things Pertle change. Pertle might actually you can't. Pertle might be in there actually. Pertle might be in there as well. Yeah, I think he definitely yeah. is as well. Uh, Otto Porter did return. He he was active for the Raptors tonight, which was cool to see. Um, he's yeah. been. I mean, this was his first game. He, Nick Nurse didn't give him too much. Um, you know, in terms of minutes, didn't put too much on his plate. Um, he only played 11 minutes. He shot a couple shots, hit one of them. It was a three. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess general notes is walking into this game. The Raptors were playing a Spurs team that, I mean, they're five, five and two, five wins, two losses. This isn't a team that many people thought were coming into this game and were going to tank for Victor Wimanyama or Scoot Henderson, whoever else, uh, you know, the teams want to tank for this season. Uh, they are a team that was playing extremely hard. Five wins and two losses. I know it's we're only seven games in. I mean, now it's five wins and three losses. But it, it's tough, regardless, to play a team like that. And a lot of that had to do, I was doing just a little bit of research on the Spurs and what, I mean, what made them five and two uh, leading up to this, this point in the season. And I realized that, you know, they're playing that old Spurs basketball up until this point. Um, they rank third in the league in, in passes per game as a team. So you're starting to see that everyone's, you know, um, getting involved with the Spurs. They don't really rely on um, their all-stars to manufacture most of their offense, kind of like the Raptors do. Uh, I mean, today it was more balanced than anything. You, it was a 43-point win. So <laughs> you're, you're going to see Delano Banton and everybody get an opportunity to play. But uh, generally, the Raptors do rely on Siakam and Fred and, and OG and Gary to, for, for a lot of their scoring. Um, whereas on the other side for the Spurs, you have Greg Popovich, who leans on kind of like a spread-the-wealth uh, approach um but i mean i got to give both both coaches credit they're they're both maybe two of the top what more than five coaches in the league nick nurse and, and greg popovich um mm -hmm. and 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 one thing i found really cool right because i'm going to be honest with you guys there's not much to talk about in a 43 point uh 43 point win there's not a crazy amount to talk about but what i did find interesting there were a couple of um interesting kind of philosophical similarities and differences between the Spurs and Raptors heading into this game. Uh, like I said, the, they, 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 you know, one team kind of passes the ball a lot. They rank third um, in, in total passes per, per game for a team. And then the Toronto Raptors, on the other hand, rank 28th, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the Raptors are a team that, I mean, 
couple passes in a possession and a half court possession, and it sticks to one guy, whether it's Gary Trent Jr. or Pascal or whoever. And then it's a lot of just drive and kick and shoot or give it to uh, a guy again, like Siakam or Gary Trent and go get us a bucket. Um, the Raptors record, what is it? 200. I wrote this down 276.6 total passes a game. That's ninth fewest in the league. Well, I said, I think I said third most the Raptors, I mean, the Spurs have, and they have the sixth most. Um, so, I mean, it's cool. It's cool to see the pace is very different between both teams. Um, I believe the Raptors rank 28th in pace and, and the Spurs are, are third. That's probably going to change though, Warren, because from what I've seen in the Raptors and Monday night versus the Hawks and then tonight as well, they were pushing the pace like crazy, especially in that second quarter. Um, and then the game just, just, just broke open. Yeah. Pace is a weird stat because it measures how long, uh, the offense takes to score on you as well when you're playing defense. And so the Raptors mm -hmm. have a really slow pace because they make offenses take so long to get off a shot on the defensive end that it messes with their pace numbers. But as, as an offense, the Raptors are a really quick team, like scoring in transition a ton. Um, but I wanted to go back to OG because I just wanted like a couple things with him. The first one mm -hmm. is that when you watch guys like you were talking about the switching right and when you watch guys have og on them like the best players in the world we've seen this season whether it's james harden or wh whoever it is these guys want og off if you like just going forward watch how often the stars especially as the game winds down how often they try to get og off of them for a screen and you're right the raptors have a lot of length but they'd still rather that that boucher length or Fred yeah. or Gary rather than OG because OG is bothering them so much. And I thought what Kayla said on the broadcast was interesting too about OG having like somewhat of a, I forget the word she used, but like a booklet of, of like all the plays that other teams run and all of the moves that a lot of the star players have. Because when you talk to like NBA players about defense and the biggest like learning thing, it's always like learning habits and learning moves. It, and so I think for OG, he's just now been in the league long enough because it's a fair question to be like, why is he just better at defense all of a sudden? Like who makes a jump like that over the summer? I think it's like the more you play in the league, if you really study the film and really learn guys tendencies, that's how you get better at defense. And that's why I think OG has taken a step this year, just because he knows what guys are trying to do and what teams are trying to do on a team level. And that's why he's jumping passing lanes. Like he knows the play. A lot of the times he knows where the ball is going. And that's why he's getting five steals a game. So uh, I just wanted to say that on, on OG before we moved on. And he's getting down and dirty for a lot of these steals. I've seen a lot. I think I've seen probably as many OG dives for the ball this season as I, as I might've seen all of last season. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. um, I think I read in the last, what was it? It was 55 minutes up until, um, I think it was the mid third quarter or early third quarter in 55 minutes. OG had 11 steals like that is insane. Um, and I don't yeah. remember to be quite honest, cause I'm going to be honest with you, Orin. it's tough. It's tough to stay interested in a game where the, yeah. you know, the Raptors I was are watching so the, much. It's a Cavs Boston game at the end. There. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. So, you know, especially when, you know, uh, Siakam and OG and all those guys sit and then it just becomes, 
you know, just bench versus bench and let's just try and hold on to the lead as much as we can. But I mean, yeah, OG, we were coming into this season, all of us, myself, uh, you, Aiden, Kyle, we were all talking about how OG should aim for an all defensive, you know, team placement this season. And I think there's a lot more to that now. I think he's, like you said, I mean, if he keeps this up, and it's tough. It's tough to keep this up because he quite literally looks like one of the best defensive players in the league. If he keeps this up, he's going to be in contention for Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, the season ends yeah. today. He's in that discussion. So um, we'll see. And yeah. I am probably as confident as ever, Oren, um, that we will probably, you know, barring anything crazy, we'll probably see OG uh, kind of make his first all-defensive NBA team if everything goes yeah. right for OG this season. I I think no Raptor has ever made an all defense team other than Kawhi Leonard in the year that he played like 60 games. And it was basically like a superstar award, you know? Yeah. So yeah, he deserves it. I have a question though, that I've been thinking about. Um, and it might be obvious, might not like, who do you think has been better this season? OG or Scotty eight games. It's early. We're not trying to make anything crazy, but like, obviously OG his offense has, has come and gone, but the defense has been there, whereas Scotty mm-hmm. kind of level at both ends, I would say. Um, but yeah, who do you think has been better? It's tough because they're, it's almost uh, two guys. Like, I mean, for OG, a lot of his best games have came. Uh, it's kind of been like spread out for him. He, we've had we've seen all defensive performances in almost every game for OG, whereas with Scotty, he was struggling a little bit offensively when the, when the season began. Um, now that he's kind of in a not just in a different role, but the fact that Nick Nurse is really preaching to push the pace, the Raptors don't like being in the half court all the time because they realize that shot creation comes a lot tougher for them in the half court. Uh, just like I guess most, it's a general rule for NBA teams: the more you can push the pace, um, I mean, the better. Uh, we saw Kyle Lowry. People would always wonder why Kyle Lowry. When I, I talked about this. Um, you know, early in the season as well, while Kyle Lowry on every inbound for the Raptors is trying to get the ball as fast as possible from the referees and trying to inbound it and push it and trying to get the defense off balance. You hear Jack Armstrong talk about it as well on the broadcast team. He says it all the time. The Raptors are always trying to get teams off balance and not set defensively um, because in the half court, they struggle. Last season, we watched the Raptors struggle all year in the half court. Um, and, and this is a really good, I guess, opportunity. I'm going to answer your question. Yeah, um, you're the okay. answer for me. Yeah. The, the, the quick, the quick answer for me is OG, right? For okay. me, um, okay. I think Scotty, uh, with the way he started the season, uh, I kind of had him in that precious category where I was like, Scotty, there's been some people talking about how you would take such a large step, and you know, I wasn't buying into the full out Scotty's going to be Scotty's going to be LeBron James or Giannis in the second season. I knew. I mean, people expected a lot. Rookie of the year, um, one of the better players on the team. Um, but I just expected more from Scotty when the season began. I feel like we have saw a couple of his best games, maybe in the last two. Uh, he played really well in Atlanta. And then obviously in San Antonio, um, played well, or against Atlanta, I should say. And then obviously in San Antonio, played really well as well. OG, I think, has just been so consistent, though, man. I know offensively he struggled to begin the season a little bit, struggled to kind of find his role. But man, oh man, when this guy can really assume his role on offense and just really stick to being the best defensive player on the team, the sky is the limit for OG. Um, yeah, this is this is I don't even think honestly, Orin, I don't I don't think he's just on a defensive player of the year um, kind of 
trajectory. I think if he keeps this up and he stays at this level defensively and he can give you 16, 17, 18, 19 points per game, whatever it is, somewhere in that somewhere in that range, you're looking at a guy that you might have to consider for an all-star appearance. I know, I know we're eight games in, the Raptors are only five and three, but what's really stopping anyone from saying that OG's gonna take a take a drastic drop or take a drop defensively from where he is now? This is this is this is OG Ananobi. I mean, this is just it. Yeah. I mean, he's taken it to another level, but this is OG Ananobi. So my my long-winded answer is is OG, but I don't want to take anything away from Scotty. He's been he's been good. Yeah, I'll give a long-winded answer too cuz I don't really want to answer the question. I but that's why I asked because like Pascal like if the season keeps going again, it's early, but if the season keeps going this way, Pascal is a guaranteed all-star, but it's like can the Raptors get two? If they keep winning, maybe they can get two and it's going to come down to Scotty or OG because Fred has just taken such a lesser role on offense this year that it, it doesn't look like he's going to be in that picture. So I've been thinking about this and it's funny these conversations because it always goes back to like our expectations. And I think you picked OG, you said, because you had an, you had high expectations for Scotty to take a jump. And I had pretty small expectations for Scotty and high expectations for OG to take a jump offensively. And OG took a jump defensively. Offensively, though, he's been largely disappointing to start this season. So I'm actually going to go Scotty, but I, I I really does think it. I do think it just comes from my expectations coming into the season. It's a weird thing where it's like it's hard to be objective here and just say um, who the objectively better player has been. It's been close, but I will. I, that comment was true. Like OG keeps them in his game in the games with his defense. But Scotty to me is just doing a lot more offensively and more efficiently. Um, that I'm gonna take him just because I value offense a lot more than defense. Um, but it's close, and I yeah. think by the end of the season, by the All Star break, I think the answer is gonna be OG because he just hasn't found that o- offensive rhythm yet. The three ball hasn't been going down, and then he's been just turning the ball over way too much when he puts the ball on the floor, but we know he's better than this. There's a large sample size of him being better than this. So I'm pretty confident the offense is going to come around. And if it comes around with the defense like this, then I think by all-star break, you're, you're looking at OG as a number two. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be one of the cooler storylines to follow in this game, in this uh, season for the Raptors. Can they get that second all-star? Is it going to yeah. be Fred? Is it going to be OG? Is it going to be Scott? It's cool that they have three, yeah. kind of legitimate candidates like what other team in the league can say that they have one guy who is quite clearly going to be an all-star pascal's an mvp we haven't even gone to pascal yet he's an mvp conversation yeah, okay. like he's in that which is insane to say like i i i'm still shocked to this day Oren, that we watched pascal's journey um starting with the raptors the 905 making his way up as a backup rotational big becoming a starter, um, you know, in that championship run, you know, making a name for himself in the finals, coming back, all-star. It's insane. I mean, um, two all-NBA uh, teams, second and third team, it's it's now Pascal's in the MVP conversation. Who knows if he's going to stay there or not. But, I mean, we haven't even got into a, into a guy that we talk about so often. I think that might be the reason why, because now we just expect this from Pascal. He was 10 for 19 
in 28 minutes. He was a plus 26. He had 22 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. A lot of people were were irritated at the fact that they thought Nick Nurse was going to sub out Pascal before he hit that triple-double and got that last rebound. He got it. He got it. So, I mean, yeah, uh, 22 points, uh, 11 assists, and 10 rebounds in 28 minutes. You, you can't really get much better than that in a plus 26. It doesn't really get much better than that. Um, you know, Gary Trent Jr., I think, had a fantastic game as well. But one guy, Oren, and I, this is why I want to, us to focus on the second quarter where things unraveled for the Spurs one guy that we just got to give credit to, man, has to be Chris Boucher. Because this guy's coming into games now, yeah. and we're seeing complete and utter instant offense. Like, this guy's coming in as a spark plug and doing everything that when the Raptors re-signed him to that contract, he's doing everything the Raptors imagined him doing off the bench for them. Big threes, big blocks, um, his ability to finish at the rim – he sees his rim protection still pretty good. I mean, he he challenges shots with that wingspan that it, it's it's I, I don't know. Chris Boucher, to me, if you look at bench players across the league, to me, he's one of the better bench players across the league. 17 points, a plus 22. He was seven for 10 in just 25 minutes. He had eight rebounds, a couple steals, a block, only a single turnover um, in 25 minutes. And he had the ball quite a bit. Um can we talk about Oren, Chris Boucher, and his his ability oh, um, to come off the bench and, and kind of make a difference? <laughs> I didn't <laughs> realize that I was, I was showing that people could see that. No, yeah, Chris Boucher has been really, really good. And it we always like used to think of him, I think, fairly as a pretty inconsistent player, right? Where mm-hmm. like he used to be prior to kind of the second half of last season. You never knew what you were getting from Chris Boucher. One night he might shoot the lights out and just be great and be really locked in defensively. And the next night he might jump at every pump fake and not hit his threes and be out of control. And you just never knew. And like what the biggest compliment I can give Boucher is that he's turned himself into like maybe the most consistent bench player on the Raptors. Actually, easily the most consistent bench player on the Raptors right now. Every game, you know what you're getting from him. The three ball has been pretty consistent. And it's just, he he does everything and he infuses like a, a sense of speed into the game where the raps just seem to get out in transition when he comes in because he runs those lanes so, so hard. So yeah, it's really a credit to him for kind of turning himself into that. Like first finding a role that was suited to him and then doing that role every day because that's so hard like that's what superstars are is is guys who can do it every day and in this case that's what like amazing role players are are guys who do it every game so definitely credit to him and and he's been a huge part of of their success this season yeah for sure and um andre said boucher's growth since last year has been great he was so inconsistent in the beginning of last year and now you know what he brings and um i mean it is it is what it is at this point we're at we're at the the level with chris boucher where we're expecting him to come off the bench and make a difference every time and that's what he is doing so i mean we got to give chris boucher um some credit because he's been instant offense he for for a raptors team that now that they have auto quarterback which is a good start 
for a Raptors team that you look at the rest of this bench. I mean, Thaddeus Young, only eight minutes in this game. He has been a shell of himself this season. Yeah, I so wanted far. to talk about. I wanted to talk about <clears throat> um, the bench and the depth and and like the rotations and who's it's playing. And Precious, stuff. Precious has been struggling too this season, right? For sure, Precious got into the game third today after Ken Birch and Boucher. Usually, he's in there with Boucher. Um, and the fact that he's actually not starting inside of Coloco in the first place is pretty wild. I get it just because Coloco gives him a different dimension. He's a true center. And Coloco, man, like Coloco, man, credit to him. He's good. I did not think Coloco would be ready to play. And he's just ready. Like, I don't see him playing in the G League this year. Maybe a couple games here and there. But for the most part, like he's a part of the he's a part of their toolbox. I don't know if he's going to be playing 23 minutes every night. But he's a part of their toolbox. So I'm not even saying that um, against. And, and then Birch has also been good. So I, I kind of get the precious limited minutes because he is best at the five. And they're trying him in these groups where he's more of a wing. And I, I don't love the look of those groups. I like him a lot more at the five. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's tough. But honestly, like, that's why I was just texting, like, my brother after this game. I was like, it feels like the Raptors are ready not right now, but by the trade deadline for a bit of a consolidation trade because they have these guys. Thad Young can play, man. Precious Achua can play more minutes than that. Otto Porter Jr., it was on some sort of minutes limit today, clearly. He can play 20 minutes a night. Banton and Flynn, those guys, one of those guys should play. So it's like at a certain point, I I mean, this is a credit to the Raptors. This is a good thing. I feel like their depth has built up to a point where they're actually ready to make a consolidation trade where you trade two or three guys for one upgrade and you still have depth. Because I don't like the fact that Thad Young isn't playing after we we traded for him last season. Um, I don't like the Precious Achua is not getting that many minutes when you're trying to develop him. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, it's tough. The only thing that I can give a little bit of pushback um, in terms of what you just said was is that it, it's just the fact that the Raptors have struggled with injuries so much in the last two, three seasons that it's tough to say. Yeah. I mean, this now we're looking at a it's team true. that's that's fully healthy, right, from top to bottom. Um, yeah. Obviously, minus Fred, um, and I think um, uh, no, he wasn't out. Yeah, well, no. Bokruf just played. Fred. Oh, he played eight minutes. See, that's how you know. I didn't really watch the fourth quarter. Um, this team, I don't know, Orin. I'm not ready to say just yet. Like, I I, I understand. I Yo, understand did you forget you about Wancho? Because I, 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 I forgot Wancho was on this team until I saw him in the fourth quarter today. I I mean, I, told, I knew. I said I called it before the season started. There's going to be, I mean, we're not going to see him for three or four games. That's how, but you're right. That, that, I mean, that adds to your point that the Raptors are that deep. It's tough. It's tough now because now you're at a situation where almost everyone's healthy. Fred's going to get back, and there's going to be even less minutes. And, you know, in a game like this, not every game is going to be a 43-point blowout, right, where you go up against a Spurs team who, let's face it, yes, they're 5-2, and two, but, I mean, talent top to bottom on their roster is not all that great, especially when you're missing two guys, Keldon Johnson yeah, and uh, Devin, Devin Vassell, who were out and and that that tandem for San Antonio combines for uh, quick math 43.7 points per game. So that's that's I wrote this down that's 37% of their scoring production. 
right? And funny enough, 43.7 points per game. The Raptors won by 43 points. So, I mean, it's tough. You're facing a team that's struggling, and then they they, they lose two big guys, and you absolutely destroy them. And now you get a chance to play um, some of those end-of-rotation guys. And I don't know if I'm just quite there yet to say that the Raptors should consolidate because I'm just you just always have to be prepared because if one of these yeah. guys go down, whoever it is, someone's gonna have to step up. And if you if you move, I know I saw um, uh, a couple people tweet, you know, and I knew this would happen. Jakob Pertl. I mean, I'd love oh, to yeah. see him on the Raptors I'm in. myself. I'm I mean, in. you're in too. I know I'm in as I'm well. In. I'm in as well. A lot of people are in. On because Raptors imagine Twitter. upgrading the Coloco starting spot to Pertl. Exactly. That's a huge yeah. upgrade. It's yeah. a massive upgrade. And and Pertl's clearly cemented himself as one of the best defensive centers in the league. A guy who's a good finisher at the rim, very good screen setter, can roll really well. Um, and just has high high basketball IQ, understands what it means to move the ball, find the open man. Uh, I get it. The consolidation makes sense. It's just you always have to have a, a, you have to have a backup plan just in case things yeah. don't go perfect for the Raptors That's in terms point. of guys staying healthy, right? So it's it's tough. I think I'm I think I'm with you if the Raptors stay fully healthy up until the midpoint way of the season. If And when I say fully healthy, I mean relatively, obviously. If they're missing one or two guys, that still means they're relatively healthy. Um, it's tough to have every single guy there. But um, I'm sure a lot of fans agree with you that it's time it's time to probably consolidate. It's, it's, I mean, they probably do agree with you. Yeah, no, but you make a good point. Um, but ultimately, it's like if one of the main players gets injured at playoff time, it doesn't matter either way. So that's why it's like you got to hope you just got to hope and pray for good health and make the trade that at your best form um, just just raises your ceiling. You know, it might lower your yeah. floor for sure with the injury stuff. It lowers your floor, but it raises your ceiling because uh, I honestly think this team is a starting center and like a secondary ball handler oh, here we go. shooter away from like real contention. I don't okay. think they're that far. I think you look at like the Boston Celtics model, like Boston traded like three future first round picks, I think for Brogdon and white and, um, and yeah, and now, and now they're a contender and I'm not saying like the Raptors are the exact same team, but if they wanted to trade their future picks and, and upgrade the roster, I don't think they're that far away from that level. Um, but Anyways, I'm 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 ready to. We said we were doing 30 minutes, so unless you have, <laughs> we we have to talk about the Raptors Republic website. We do, we do. Um, let's cue our producer in, Keon Haddad. Um, guys, I'm gonna make it short and sweet for everybody here. Obviously, at the beginning of this uh, season for the Raptors, um, our website, our independent website, Raptors Republic, we switched over to. Um, a premium content kind of website where you only pay $6 a month to access premium content. Honestly, we have tons of things coming out um, every single day on different players, on uh, the most, I guess, contemporary themes that surround the Toronto Raptors. It's great stuff. I mean, whether it's yeah. from guys like Samson, Oren, Aiden, um, anybody on our team. I mean, it's, it's, it really is incredible. And, and, we do this because obviously you see at the top, it's a support independent journalism and um, it's tough. It's tough to operate a website um, and constantly churn out 100% free content um, and then also have people trying to make a living, right? So um, 
we've moved to um, kind of, uh, like I said, premium content for $6 a month for Raptors Republic. And um, anybody interested in this, we, we appreciate the support 100% in supporting our website and supporting all of our um, creators at Raptors Republic. We really do. We have a huge, massive team filled with graphic designers and produce show producers and like Keon in the back, who unfortunately, like I said before, is a Miami Dolphins fan. But that's besides the point. Uh, sorry, I just got to mention that every few episodes. Um, we appreciate your support. Everyone who has subscribed um, and is paying um, that that fee per month, we really do appreciate it. We don't get a chance to say that very often. I think this is our first opportunity to say this on the wrap-up live uh, post-game show and podcast. Yeah. So we really want to sure. thank everyone who subscribed so far. And um, if you do enjoy Raptors content, it's there for you. I mean, a lot of the content that we still uh, produce for Raptors Republic is free. Uh, not everything is premium content. But if you are interested in a very small fee per month, I do understand, guys. I know I'm paying for Amazon Prime and Netflix and Crave and all that stuff, too. I am, too. Um, but if you do go on Raptors Republic every day and you do wish to support, we do appreciate it. Um, yeah. You'll learn yeah. a lot about the Raptors if you do, because most of the most of the premium content is stuff that video stuff and X's and O's stuff, and it's just really smart stuff. You'll learn a lot. Ton, like, every day there's, like, sometimes like five pieces a day uh i've I, honestly like when you look at the landscape right now like not many places are doing it at the level of quantity or quality of raptors republic so check out the website and then see for yourself if you want to subscribe all right that was great great plug great plug great plug uh check that off um i don't know if we're gonna do that every single episode but honestly we should because um Honestly, we, we I don't think Orin we say enough how kind of grateful we are to not just the viewers and the podcast listeners and not just for wrap up live as well. I mean, we're talking about Confederacy of Dunks, we're talking about Samson's reaction podcast, everyone who supports Raptors Republic, um, whether it's on a singular 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 level. Whoa, almost lost my tongue there. Uh, whether it's on a singular level or just I guess on a group level, we really appreciate it. So we can't say that enough to uh, all of our subscribers. Um, Moving yeah. on, really quick. Um, I mean, is there is there anything to move on to? Yeah, we just got to do the tax, man. That... We got to oh, yeah. shout okay. out KM tax, and then do good the, point. and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, good point. Shout so you guys can see KM for reminding me of that. <laughs> you guys can see at the top of the screen KMTax.com. You can call them at four one six two four three two nine one two. They have sponsored our show from last season. Now they're sponsoring again. So. Obviously, we're doing them a favor just as they are for us. We are naming our Taxman Player of the Game. And that not only is always like Oren, we, we, like I said, we change it up. It's not always the best player. It's not always the best yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. I actually want to shout out someone. Do you have anyone Let in me mind? Let hear it. Who, I want to uh, shout no, out. No, no, go ahead. Who I don't give a lot of love to and who ha we haven't talked about him today, but I'll give it to Gary Trent Jr. He had hey, a really okay. good game, not nine of 17 shooting, efficient night. He poured in uh, 24 points and was a game high plus 35 tonight. And yeah, I mean, when he's that efficient from the floor and he's just playing within his role, really nice player. And I think especially when Fred is off the floor, you really need Gary's ball handling and scoring. And you really saw that today. You needed him. So, you know, shout out to Gary Trent Jr. He was big on the scoring side tonight. 
And yeah, tax man. Well of the deserved. Night. Well deserved. Um, there's there's probably five or six guys we could have chose that I wouldn't have had a problem with. Gary Chen Jr. definitely deserves Juancho a shout out. <laughs> Chris Boucher deserves a shout out. We already shouted him out as well. Um, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited because Oren, I mean, when Fred comes back, we're looking at a fully healthy Raptors roster. Like I said, Otto Porter's back. Let's see. Let's see who stands out. Oh, maybe we see Precious get a little bit more comfortable. We are eight games into the season. Your Raptors are five and three. Hopefully we see a Raptors team that kind of shakes off all of the rust. Uh, we're, what, 10% into the season so far. Um, and things are starting to pick up. The Raptors look like a team that no nobody wants to run into. And then, yes, they played the Spurs, but... I mean, Friday night, Orin, it, it gets tough because they have the Dallas Mavericks and we talked yeah, about yeah. MVP candidates. No, Luka but Doncic. That, that's why it's a good game because this is how you set the early season MVP narrative. Pascal yeah. goes in there. He's better than Luca. Everybody sees it in the States and they go, huh, maybe the MVP <laughs> favorite of, of the preseason isn't really the MVP. And, and so that's how we get the narrative and the propaganda started. So. Hopefully, Pascal goes in there against Dallas and has a good game. Hopefully. We'll see. I mean, We'll be back to recap it regardless of if he does or not. Yes, absolutely. And before you guys leave us tonight, we need you to subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube as well as our podcast channel, The Rapcast. This was the wrap-up, your official Raptors Republic post-game live show where your Raptors defeated the lowly San San Antonio Spurs 143-143. To 100, bringing the Raptors record to five and three on the NBA uh, season. This live show was produced by the man behind it all, Keon Haddad. You haven't seen him yet, but he is saluting everybody watching and listening. We'll see you guys all Friday night, American Airlines Center versus the Dallas Mavericks, and probably the most um, fun player to watch uh, in the league in Luka Doncic, one of the uh, easily um, right up there in MVP. Jay Gilgis Alexander. Fun okay, spot. yeah, he's. He's there. He's there too. And and you know, I mean, it's like the bingo. The bingo is is checked off now with Oren because Shay oh gets mentioned. Oh my god! I did every... not know that. Yeah, I did not know Luca was averaging thirty six. Hey. That's wild. <laughs> hey, okay. I told you, I told you he's up there at the MVP rankings. Um, it should be a fun one. We'll see you guys all Friday night. Enjoy the win and enjoy your Wednesday night and enjoy Joni, um, Oren's cat as well. Take care and good night. Thank you.